This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of Vice. It's Friday, November 30th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today we're talking about skin whitening and how it's a topic often shrouded in secrecy, denial, and shame. Former stripper turned celebrity Black China is now promoting a skin lightening cream with the cartoonish name Whitenicious. The product is being pushed in Lagos, Nigeria, where 77% of women use skin lightening products, often at the expense of their health and self-esteem. But many women of color in the U.S. use similar products, even though they're advertised differently and talked about less openly. In a society that has historically valued lighter skin, it's no surprise that many women turn towards these products. But in the U.S., many do it in private. Vice writer Taylor Hosking wrote an article calling for a more honest, deeper conversation about the harmful effects of skin whitening and the colorism and racism that fuels it. So here's senior Vice culture editor Alex Zaragoza in conversation with Taylor. So, Taylor, uh, you wrote a piece about Black China, who's currently in Nigeria, promoting a skin bleaching cream. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah. So this news broke last week, and it was really um, shocking to a lot of people because Black China, for those who don't know, um, she came up as a sort of like uh, high-profile stripper who ended up being engaged to Rob Kardashian, having his children, um, sort of um, cozying up with different celebrities in Hollywood. She was also in a relationship with Tyga at one point, and she started her own beauty line, Lashed, um, and people sort of noticed that she promotes the kind of products that sort of play toward people's insecurities around like their body type and things like that. But this was really surprising because especially in the States, you don't really see a lot of celebrities like advertising that they lighten their skin um, using these creams that actually are used a lot by people, I guess, like more in private um, and amongst their families and communities. It's definitely one of those like social taboos within like communities of color where it's like it's a very common practice to bleach your skin, but it's not really necessarily something you want to promote, especially within like black communities, celebrity communities, even uh, Latinx communities and others where, I mean, you're quietly encouraged to do so because your proximity to whiteness makes you more valuable and provides you more career opportunities and just overall the way you're perceived in terms of beauty standards and how Eurocentric standards are the baseline for that. Uh, And so it's interesting to see someone like Black China like really embracing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she was in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, and in Nigeria, there's a different kind of culture where you would see ads for skin lightening cream on TV, on the radio oh. um, and things like that. I think 77 percent of women there um, use these creams and, you know, some are more dangerous than others and like have these different side effects in addition to playing into this like colorism that's really prevalent. And so I'm thinking, you know, why is she really doing this? And looking back into the other products that she sold and it became clear that she was selling similar types of products in America that were just using more like coded language. Right. Um, and that, that's where you get like a skin brightening 
cream or whatever things yeah like they for say discoloration. It's for, yeah like blemishes and dark spots and these things that if you're a part of a community that uses these creams you know what kind of language to look for mm-hmm. um, and so it kind of pointed out that yeah we may not be having these really obvious like advertisements going on um, in the states but this is another type of issue that we should be like paying more attention to. And the founder of White Nicious um, wait, mentioned Wait, wait, but I'm sorry <laughs> to interrupt you. White Nicious <laughs> is the name of the product she's promoting. White Nicious. <laughs> I just wanted to like let that sit for a second because it is ridiculous. And it's like, oh, my God. It doesn't even have a very, like, positive <laughs> ring to it. It's, like, almost White sounds like an evil ca- cartoon character or something. Yeah, some sort of, like, evil witch who's, like, I am white nicious here to remove you. A character <laughs> Here to strip Sabrina. you of your blackness. Yeah. Like, this horrible, horrible product name. <laughs> and I know we're laughing with it because it's, like, actually very detrimental and, like, super terrible in so many ways. But, like, the marketing behind it, creating a name like that. Right. And um, it I turned out that um, the founder, I was looking at this uh, interview she did back in February, and she said that most of the sales of the product were going to African Americans. And people sort of assumed that people in West Africa, where it's commonly known that people use these creams, were the ones buying it. Um, But yeah, she said 80% of her customers were African Americans, and some of them were TV personalities and Mm. quote-unquote celebrities. I don't know how she's defining that. What was interesting about your article is that you pointed out, like, you know, a not long history, because you stuck to, like, a more, like, recent history of celebrities that have been accused of uh, lightening their skin, like Lil' Kim, Beyonce, Rihanna, and um, who was the other one? Uh, Nicki Minaj. That's right, Nicki Minaj. Yeah, Yeah, we could have thrown Sierra in there, too. It's like... On the one hand, these women, because of, I guess, the nature of being fair-skinned, I mean, different lighting can totally change um, your pigmentation in general. So it's like um, really complicates Mm -hmm. this issue where um, fans and people online will call out when these celebrities look like they're being depicted in photos as like very, very light. And so far, responses have mostly been you know, that was in the photo editing process or that's just the Instagram filter I chose. It's just like mm-hmm. my, it just happened to be my choice at that moment, Little Kim said. But there, um, but there's photos of Little Kim from like 20 years ago where she's clearly, I mean, aside from like plastic surgery and stuff, but where her skin pigmentation is like, there's a clear difference there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this like denial around skin lightening for people like that where there clearly is a difference like creates this sense of uncertainty and um secrecy also, yeah and like a weird, yeah it's very like but it's like celebrities like, won't say it but you know it so it and it's still just like these, you and it's like these deep like deep-seated like internalized racist you know standards that are being set upon themselves and i'm sure because of like societal pressure and stuff because as we were saying before like your proximity to whiteness not just in behavior but in look and like the lighter like lighter skin you have the more beautiful you're considered the more job opportunities you'll be presented with the more um popular you are just like getting your foot in the door being asked to speak any of those things like how much light skin is connected to that is 
I mean, it's something that's been long reported by many Black journalists and something that people are very much well aware of, but it's still so prevalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what we were kind of grappling with when writing this piece was just sort of, what does this really all lead us to if there's no one really that's talking about this yeah. from a place of experience, having owned the experience of lightening their skin, maybe attached to wanting to be lighter for these reasons that people don't want mm-hmm. to admit to, and really talking through that journey and mm-hmm just sort of realizing that people don't really have guiding voices around this topic right now. Well, yeah, and because of that, like, taboo and the secrecy and stuff, and and especially in our cultural moment now where people are confronting colorism so head-on so much more, which is an amazing and great thing because it's a, ne- it's a necessary conversation. But now it's almost like you're almost going to be pushed deeper into the shadows with this because there's going to be a backlash there, which it's so complicated because it's like, is it deserving? Is it necessary? Is it like, you know, five million think pieces would be written about this because there's so much there to be said. But I, I totally agree with you in the necessity to discuss this in a very open way. And if a celebrity was to say, hey, this is something I've done or I'm, I've done. And and to be able to speak on it with insight and with like an eye and understanding of like social issues and, you know, power dynamics and, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah, all of that would be... Yeah, I think that would be... be so meaningful for so many people because mm-hmm. I think right now we see Rihanna promoting beauty products that are for darker skinned women, Beyonce having a lot of darker skinned women in her videos and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that um, messaging, while it's necessary, is not necessarily speaking to this other issue that's going on. I also thought it was interesting to point out that a lot of the discussion around Michael Jackson's like Skin white transformation. I don't know how you um, want to put it. Yeah. Skin whitening, uh, plastic surgery, um, hair change has usually been swept aside for reasons such as like his vitiligo and possible like mental health disorders that were like contributing to that. Yeah. Um, And and internalized things that stemming from like abuse and just overall racism within the industry and the world yeah and people just having a lot of love for him and not wanting to like come for him in that way and like being so aware of the like traumas he's dealt with in his life and have really like I think in one sense just let him do that um without like criticizing him too much um in the public sphere but I think it also didn't really allow black people to like emotionally process what it was like to still have that symbolism there. Um, and, yeah, I yeah. can't imagine growing up like, well, I can't imagine because I've seen it with some people like with artists within my, you know, community. But but just that like having this cultural figure that was so important, that was this beautiful black man who is so incredibly talented, who from like there's a relationship there since he was a child like you saw that 
that this immensely talented child who looked like you, who represented you and your upbringing in a lot of ways, who is who um, was a exemplary figure of like genius and hard work and ethic. And to see that person grow up and then slowly like transform into somebody that was just trying to embody whiteness. And I know there's been pieces that have kind of looked at this in the past, but like just to have that like, oh, like this person is ashamed of themselves in some way. And to see that, like, I, it's just, God, where do I even begin <laughs> with that, you know? Yeah. And it's important to take in what that message really sends, even if there were, like, reasons for it in his case. So, yeah, that's why, like, going back to, like, Black China and to promote this product and to do so pretty, like, unapologetically like she's really has not taken accountability for like the possible problematic nature of like promoting a skin cream called the whiteness I just still can't I can't but uh <laughs> like there's a lack of accountability there I don't know what do you what do you yeah think about of that? the pain that it causes and I mean even her mom was saying <laughs> You guys need it um, oh as like a response to people um, just dragging oh her daughter. Um, <laughs> and it was just this kind of, you know, money over everything response. What can yeah. I say? Well, and it's like similar to like the backlash that like Kim Kardashian West got with her like uh, appetite suppressant lollipops where people are like, you needed the check that bad. You really fucking need the check that bad for a lollipop that makes you not eat. You're supposed to eat. Eat like you're like and <laughs> all money is not good money. No, all money is. And like when you already have so much money, you really need that check that bad. Like, I mean, right. I don't know what China's like her bank account looks like, but it's apparently she's not getting money from Rob. Apparently not. We're, this is going to delve into a gossip podcast <laughs> real quick. But like, that's the thing, like the the money over everything, over social responsibility, right? It's like, it's where these sort of things like tie into capitalism. The effect of what this Instagram influencer marketing moment is going to mm -hmm. have on our culture. We're going to have people who maybe are from lower income backgrounds who have their shot at making like bundles of money taking on whatever brand is like most readily available to them and then also people being marketed to really personally by influencers that they really like that maybe aren't as famous as Rihanna and Beyonce yeah and so it's sort of like setting up this eerie incentive structure mm -hmm. um where you could very easily see a product like white niches or others that are doing a similar thing um flourishing in that environment yeah and like in terms of like skin bleaching it's tough because like i was saying it is so prevalent in communities of color i mean i'm mexican grew up in mexico and concha nacar is this cream that you would get at any pharmacy any grocery store whatever and it's a it's essentially it's a skin bleaching cream and like growing up my mom was very much like very much encouraged me to use it and very much encouraged me to aspire to having the whitest skin possible because that was what's considered beautiful. And um, it is so super prevalent in, in cultures like that where um, 
whiteness is still upheld as the ultimate ideal in terms of beauty. And I saw it especially with like darker skinned Mexican women that I grew up with and who were either, you know, half black or full black or or had like just dark skin. They were just dark skin because we come in like we come in a very huge variety of shades, you know, <laughs> in my country. And so it's like like how much more more pressure those women and young girls were given to to use creams like this and to change the way they looked to mm-hmm. have a, to have the lightest skin that they could have. So yeah, it's it's interesting to see when there's huge cultural figures willing to push these type of products. Yeah. And when you're growing up, would there be advertisements for those products or would it mostly be like word of mouth or maybe people seeking it out themselves? You know, I I want to say there's advertisements, but I also like I can't remember, but I want to say there was. But mostly I think it's just like this. is It's like pawns. You know, it's like just something that's always been around. Even if you buy the like, if you see like the jar that it comes in, it looks hella old. Like it look like the design, like the font, everything. It's like this looks like it was from the fifties. Even if you buy it brand new at the store, there's something about it that looks kind of like old. So it like leads me to believe that it's been around for a very long time. And it's just something that's like it's always in like the, like always in the in the cat like the medicine cabinet. Mm, yeah so you don't have to really look it's just there it's just like I feel like it was always there and it was just always a go-to like oh like like they were like oh yeah like oh you're really dark you need to put do like a facial or whatever and oh my like, gosh like oh. casually <laughs> yeah it was like real casual and then and so it, it took like a lot of like separation over the years and understanding like in learning and reading and understanding like oh this was not cool this is not cool and so even still my family like it's such a huge conversation like it's just always so prevalent like oh like uh looking at somebody and complimenting their light skin so like seeing this like black china piece was just like it was wild (laughs) but it was familiar Mm, yeah definitely did you have any of that taylor um i think the colorism that i have navigated was more so in college people sort of separated into um lighter skin black girl friend group and darker skin black girl friend group and that was just so odd to me to really see that play out in such stark terms and I guess trying to be a part of both and things like that and also the tension between those two groups in terms Um, of bleaching or anything like that was that something that was prevalent in your like for your in your upbringing um not in mine I grew up in uh New York City um in uptown Manhattan with like African-American pretty light-skinned family members so maybe that is part of why that is mm-hmm. um yeah but with us it was more so the craze to uh, get keratin in your hair definitely hit us pretty hard Around like 2011, 2012, a lot of people I knew were getting these relaxers that were promising to be better than um, ones before it that will just relax your curls instead of having to get a full perm to make your hair uh, straight. And my mom, who had these beautiful, beautiful curls, used it. And I mean, I know with like bleaching creams, there's I remember getting like burns or dry, like just like certain things that would happen on my skin that I'd be like, whoops, loved it on too long or whatever. <laughs> and um, and I 
and it, it just and I know with like the same with like hair products as well like just like such a long history of like scalp burns and mm-hmm. yeah so like to kind of like I guess round it out yeah um what do you think like with the black china like stories specifically do you think it's necessary that more celebrities speak out like I know we've Azealia Banks has spoken out about her history with bleaching but it's like do you think she's just been the wrong conduit for that conversation and who is the right conduit for that conversation right yeah I think Azealia Banks when she um spoke out was being really um defensive and sort of calling everyone a hypocrite people just felt pretty attacked and it wasn't It's such a hard conversation to have. And she was originally coming out in defense of skin lightening and then later on started talking about um, her process of reversing that and like Mm -hmm. getting back to her natural skin tone, which might have been a productive thing for people to hear. But my hope is that people who have been exposed to these products and maybe are even still using them start to speak about what it means for them, how it came into their life and what they think we should all be talking about more when it comes to understanding the prevalence of this and the role it plays in our society behind closed doors. You can read Taylor's full article at vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening and tune in again on Monday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.